0: All right, it's the Ruben J Show, and I'm really excited to be talking with this gentleman right here. You know, over the last, oh, I'd say the last six months or so, uh, every news headline has been about uh, AI and what AI can do and artificial intelligence and chat GPT and the jobs that will be saved because of it, the jobs that will be lost because of it, and uh, so much more and and I found myself in the trap of looking into chat GPT and playing around with it and being both Extremely impressed with the software uh, And also being extremely scared of its potential uh, So I reached out to uh Alex Macklin here, and he has uh, some insight on AI, and we're going to discuss kind of the, the the good, the bad, the ugly, everything in between about AI uh, in a brief brief moment here. Um, but real quick, Alex, w- w- Alex, what's your what's your background exactly?
1: Uh, so my background is um, well, there's a lot to say there. Um, bottom line, I've been an entrepreneur since 13 years old. You know, started selling candy to kids at school. So I've always been like an entrepreneur thinking kind of person. Like I'm always looking out of the box. I'm always looking like you know, so I work in sales as my primary job. I bring a lot of creativity and technology to that job, which is why I do really well in that job. Um, and then on the side, that's what I do full time. I also do like, I also do, I also have a high performance coaching business I do um, for people in the high ticket space. So I train setters and closers to be very effective in sales. I do that part time. Um, I also have like a couple of things I'm doing, but bottom line is I'm always looking for like the next big thing, like always having a competitive edge against mm-hmm. everyone else. So personally, I've been in the world of ChatGPT world since like it got started, like a few months ago. I've been in it since day one, because I have feeds that tell me all updated news all the time, what's going on with technology. So I heard about it right away, hopped on, started learning it, started playing with it. And I saw the potential it had, the capabilities is always what I'm looking for, is the capabilities it had to make my life streamlined, to make my life simpler, to essentially exponentialize my output my production would, you know, instead of having a hundred hours to write a book, I could do it in like five minutes, (laughs) you know, with it. It's crazy. I mean, obviously, you know, you don't want it to write everything for you, but for things like content creation, for lead magnets, if you're in digital marketing at all, you know what that means. Like ways of, you know, creating content, like for example, like, you know i could you could write an entire book like in terms of the title the chapters the outline the summary the keywords um, even write a youtube script it can do for you and then you can give it you can teach it like personality which is cool it it learns in a conversation like it's a person you say hey like rewrite this like you're albert einstein or you're elon musk or write it to sound very witty or professional. You could use it in email responses. Like you could use it literally for content in any medium I'm aware of. I've, I I literally have it to this day integrated right now into everything I use, like Discord even, a chatting software. They have an API AI for that, for ChatGPT. I use it in Facebook. I use it in YouTube. I, have YouTube. I have three YouTube channels. I use it for content for that. I use it to write scripts for videos. You know, like I literally have it integrated into my browser. They have Chrome extensions that's integrated right into the browser. So you can use it on any website you're on. Like it is now at this point, totally integrated into your overall experience. And if you know how to use it, the wording here is called the prompt engineering. That's like the technical term, meaning that you know how to prompt or input like type, certain requests or commands to output exactly what you want. So what you were saying before, Ruben, it's like, you know, the new era of technology um, is actually a job title now called a prompt engineer. It's a thing. And a lot of companies are looking for people that are very crafty, very talented in knowing how to prompt the AI to get like SEO, books, content, like, you know, instead of you outsourcing that to like India or some other, or a Fiverr, you know, for someone to write you something, these people can do it in minutes, seconds, and they could customize it on demand, real time for whatever you want. So for example, real quick, Let's say I work for you, right? And let's say I know your personality. Let's say you're someone who's like witty, you're funny, but whatever, whatever. I could take all of that about you, type it into like ChatGPT as a thread, like a little thread, like a little chat box. And that it now knows your personality. And I'll be like, now from this, type this article in that style. So I could actually essentially write things as if you would be
0: writing them yourself. That's so, that's. That's what's crazy about this whole thing, because I, full disclosure, I, uh, I, you know, I run a website and, you know, it's difficult sometimes to get articles out in a timely fashion and because you, you have to do you know research and all this other stuff. And so I sat down one day and I'm like, I wonder if ChatGPT could do this for me. And so I went in and I, uh, as an example, I used the, the Endeavor purchasing WWE as a as a model and i just typed that in and unfortunately chat gpt said oh we only go up to 2021 so we can't really do it yeah. however if you copy and paste the article in like an, like an original article into chat gpt it will summarize it and turn it into its own like mm-hmm. a, a own original piece of content yeah. and it was really scary because it happens in minutes mm-hmm. and it for the most part from what i can tell and i'm not a grammar you know um aficionado but grammatically it looked correct. It looked like it was written by a person. It looked really good. And so I published it and it did decently well on the website. You know? Cool. And so but but the, the problem that I have is at this point in time, we don't know if it's written by AI or if it's written by a person or if it's written you know, or if it's a hybrid of the two. And so there really isn't a way other than people just being upfront and honest about it and saying, hey, this was written partially by GP, you know, Chat GPT or AI. Um, so I, I, see some downfalls and I see some things that are scary. And then, so I went a step further mm-hmm. and I had an academic paper for a class I'm writing. And so I went in and I just for, for, for kicks and giggles, I said, write me a research paper or write me an outline about uh CTE and professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. And It came up with an outline. It pulled dozens of quotes. It sourced, uh, um, peer reviewed papers. Mm hmm problem came you know when i started looking to find those actual papers i couldn't find them and so i'm not sure if chat gpt made it up or if it just pulled from an archive that it couldn't that that like was so old that i couldn't actually source and and full disclosure i did not use that as the the official paper i turned in (laughs) Um, but it was was, (laughs) (laughs) exactly it wasn't but it was intriguing yeah and it it makes me wonder, you know, is, is AI in this particular sense going to have a negative effect on, on society? What, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Uh, yeah. So a couple of things, um, something you don't know. There actually are AI detectors online that you could copy and paste content into, and it'll know by the syntax, like the way it's worded, the, pu- the punctuation, how much of it is AI. And it's actually really accurate. I've used them before, so that actually is how you could tell. Um, and this is what a lot of professors are using to see if students are cheating. They're just copy and pasting. You know, they request everything by email, not written in schools, and they copy and paste in just Google. Google like AI detector or whatever or AI whatever you'll find it. So you could do that, by the way. Um, in terms of the the second thing you said, um, ChatGPT specifically is not connected to the internet. It says that when you use it. So the peer review stuff, it probably is made up because it can't search the web. It just has a huge database of all this stuff that it pulls from. And if you requested like peer reviews or even YouTube videos, I've tried this too. None of them work, you know, mostly like they're all made up. So you have to know the, again, the limitations, right? Um, they are actually creating not chat GPT yet, as far as I know, but other ones that are still, they're called chatbots. That's the world of this is called chatbots. There are some chatbots that have access to the internet that I've read about. So they may be able to give you like the peer reviewed actual accurate links and they work because they could pull from the web. Chat GPT can't just so you know. And then the third thing you mentioned was about the school stuff, right? Um, yeah, so it could type pretty much anything you want. Um, again, you can give it a flavor, a personality. Um, the punctuation by the way is actually pretty accurate because it's been giving rules of syntax and grammar. So it knows um, some, one of the uh, tools that are used for Chrome extensions actually is to check spelling and grammar. So what I do is I could like highlight someone thinks someone else writes and go to like, you know, plug it in automatically into check grammar and spelling. And it'll spit out the corrected version of it. So it's kind of cool. I'm, I'm like an editor. <laughs> I could just take whatever you write, have it spin it up in chat GPT to check it and then spit it back out for you in like 30 seconds or less.
0: Dude, that's, cool. cra- that's crazy because that opens up like potential like side hustles for people to just be like, "Hey, send me your book. I'll edit it for you. Just run it through Chat GPT to edit it, you know, or or whatever AI yeah. software, and and then turn it out and charge somebody like hundred bucks for for doing that. Like, that's yeah. a great side hustle. It's great, man.
1: And the cool thing too is that you got to be careful though because if you just copy and paste text, Chat GPT usually always does something to it. Like it changes the words, it adds, subtracts something. But again, prompt engineering, if you are, the the trick with that is you want to be very specific to be a really good prompt engineer and you want to be very contextual in nature. So if I was doing this, this is what I would write it out as. I'd be like, I want you to take this text. Don't change any word as part of it, but check it for grammar and spelling, make any corrections you need to, but don't change the overall wording of it. Something like that. So you have to like tell it what to do and what not to do, and then it'll spit out exactly what you're asking. So one of the mistakes that people make, right, as human beings is we have expectations that it other people especially know what we're thinking, like know what we want. And I feel to me personally, ChatGPT is a great like case study for this because people will assume that and they'll get the output and they're like, what the heck is this? This is not what I wanted, but it's not the AI's fault. It's your fault. You weren't specific enough. You didn't prompt it enough. This is why prompt engineers as a job is becoming a thing because you have to relatively be talented and to know how to like type things in, like how to prompt it a certain way. So there's a lot more to this than just like any Joe Schmo can get what he wants out of it. When you get to like the deeper levels, it requires better input from you, like more specific prompting. And by the way, they have courses on how to do this online for free. Like just type in on Google, like, you know, how to become a prompt engineer, (laughs) probably videos on it at this point. Um, But yeah, but once you could do that though, like once you can get really specific, you create the context, this stuff is amazing. It'll give you exactly what you want to give you in whatever personality and style you want it in. Like, I mean, like you said, like you don't have to hire someone anymore to be your content creator. You could have, this could be your best friend. You could use it for free if you want to. You don't have to pay the $20 a month if you don't want to. And it's perfect grammar every time. Perfect spelling every time. Like, and then obviously, you know, don't just copy and paste it. You know, add a little whatever you want to when you're done. So it's more so original. And there you go. You could do this. When I got out of this, my friend is like, I could be one person now that could do everything for my YouTube channel, like I could do the titles, the keywords, the tags, the description, all from the AI, you know, boom, done. Even write the YouTube video script and it even has the transitions. Like it even tells you the video stuff, like transition from this to this, like it's like phenomenal, the capabilities it has. And these are all free, like that's the best part. People that are broke, that have nothing, can now like step up in the world, like become, like you said, charge $100 to edit something that they have no idea how to do they just leverage the AI and they know how to prompt it well enough and then boom here you go done
0: yeah and it's it's funny because like like you said you know the prompting is key so like i i was playing around with it and i said write me an article based off of this news story so i you know copy and paste the news story into it and it yeah. it did and it was like Bare bones, And I said, okay, be more specific. Give me exact quotes, blah, blah, blah. And yeah. it went through and it pulled quotes and it started doing all this stuff. And then I had to double check to make sure it was accurate. And it was pretty accurate as far as yeah. the content it was pulling. It, it, it's so, so interesting. It's so interesting. And I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see, you know, so Casey Neistat recently did a uh, a vlog written by AI. And cool. granted, it wasn't the best video you know, the script wasn't the best. It was still pretty spot on to what the style of Casey Neistat's videos are. Cool. You know, Almost down to a T. And yeah. so I wonder how long it's going to be until we start seeing AI generated scripts in Hollywood as a norm. You know, like it, I think it, I wouldn't be surprised if we have a movie next year that was primarily written by A.I.,
1: yeah um I agree with you I think it's gonna happen um I have noticed something though because I've been using it so much um in terms of the writing of it that it, it's missing something something very vital to writers right in general in content and the way that I the way that I describe it is what it writes it doesn't have any soul to it
0: mm-hmm.
1: like it's not written in a way that's really attractive like that really pulls you like like a storyteller would. You know, it's very dry content, because it's not a person, you know, it's not an emotional being like we are, like human beings. And even if you teach it to sound emotional or whatever, it's always gonna lack that, because it's not that. It's not someone that knows how to tell stories with, I mean with soul with like, I've had to write parables, I've had to write poems, which are not bad. Like just to read it like, wow, that's pretty clever, like pretty well written. But in terms of like me being emotionally connected to the content, it's never it's never really there. And I've yeah. noticed it's missing that. So I've always what I've always told people is like once it could somehow figure that out and put the soul and emotion into what it's producing, then it's like game over, man. Now it could do everything you want it to do. But that's definitely missing right now, in my opinion, from the AI interface, from all of them, all the chatbots is it's so like just blend content i mean it's well written and everything and it makes sense it's logical the whole nine but in terms of like you know like if you were writing like a a nonfiction book trying to describe characters and character development those kind of things i don't think it can do that like harry potter writer could you know like to that level of like you know characterization detail descriptive i don't think it could do that yet because it, it doesn't know how it's not part of it but again we're in the infancy stages of this, which is yeah. crazy. Like this stuff just came out really this year. Now it's been in development for a couple of years, actually, you know, Elon Musk invented, invested into open AI years ago. And, you know, it's been around, but now it's like a thing and it's brand new. So who knows, man, where this can go a year from now, you know, five years from now, I may be talking to you and you're an AI for all I know eventually.
0: You know? Yeah, it's, it's it's an interesting concept, you know, and, and that's the thing too. I like I asked it to write me a short story, mm-hmm. and it was an intriguing short story, you know. Um, I told I gave it its premise of you know uh, a, mm-hmm. a rock star turned television star, you know, turning down, you know, going from fame to like nothing and blah blah, blah <laughs> whatever it was, and it wrote a, a pretty nice story. Yeah, I, I realized that if I actually wanted to like do something with this, I'd have to go in and actually add layers to it, um, mm-hmm. which I think is it's still much easier for somebody like me who I don't really have that kind of creative bone in my body. Like I can't really come up with a concept as far as the story goes and then build from there. But if I have a concept that's AI generated, I can go in there and add the emotion. I can go in there and add the context that that might be missing. I can go in there and humanize it a little bit more and get it out to where I can go from never being a published author to being a fully published short story author in a matter of a week or two possibly you know, yeah. all thanks to AI. And so, but with that, you know, there, there's also the other side of AI, not just chat GPT, but there's, you know, actual artificial intelligence of, you know, stuff like truck drivers, like possibly having automated driving and all this other stuff that's yeah. that's coming that's coming due. And, you know, I'm listening to, to the experts and they're saying, oh, this isn't going to eliminate jobs, it's going to change jobs. And, you know, we hear people like, oh, like truck drivers, They may not need to actually drive the truck, but they're still going to need somebody to load and unload the trucks. You're still going to need somebody to be on the truck in case something happens. You know, if the truck breaks down or whatever, you're still going to have to have somebody there. So it's just going to change the job of the, for the driver. The driver will be able to sleep more, blah, blah, blah. You know, all these different things in restaurants. We're seeing that you're not going to see so much um, need for like cashiers and stuff, but you're going to have needs for people to actually maintain the machines and you know, be there to deal with customers and blah, blah, blah. So you're not going to eliminate the jobs. However, I think that's still something that's scary. Do you, do you have any insight onto that side of, of AI and and automation and all that stuff? Because I I think that to me is much, much more important to preserve as many jobs as possible, or at least guarantee that there's going to be a job for, for the guy who's been, you know, flipping burgers his entire life. And that's been his entire job. The only thing he knows how to do. And all of a sudden you have a robot come in and do it. Can we train him to do something else in this AI world?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, The biggest, like probably the overarching theme I I heard in everything you said is kind of like, if you ever see the movie, I, Robot with Goldsmiths, you know, like the problem that we would ever have, and this is not just my opinion, this is like something Elon Musk, the guy who was a co-founder, Wozniak of Apple, like all these these billionaires, by the way, if you don't know, in the last month have been signing a petition to halt OpenAI's further like advancement of AI until they could like investigate it and make sure it's safe. Because they're worried about this like matrix iRobot future where the problem is, well, what happens when the AI gets smart enough or it has the ability to start creating its own AI, like its own robots, its own machines? That is when I would become very concerned to give it that kind of capability or that ability to know, hey, what if I just create my own robots as slaves, right, to do all the work I can't do in the physical world, all the things you just said, like load up a truck, flip a burger, or whatever, you know, maintain the machines. Well, AI could do that too, couldn't it, if we taught it? So in my opinion, AI can actually replace majority of jobs out there, especially manual labor ones, right, ones that require human interaction, you know. Because it can. And if it's wired to a centralized neural network, like it was in iRobot, don't you think that will be more efficient production-wise as a CEO of a company than having 50,000 laborers or people do the same work for you where they have sick days and they have breakdowns and people are upset or there's jealousy or there's inter relationships? relationships? Like, you don't have to worry about that crap. When you have robots doing the work all the time. So, Anna, man, I disagree with kind of what you're saying in terms of like the eventuality of it. Because for me, I'm thinking of efficiency. Like what's going to have the highest production, the least amount of problems of breakdown, less drama to say that is AI. And I agree with Elon Musk and all these guys like Steve Wozniak, whatever, that we have to be careful because if we advance AI enough, like the Matrix, one day it may discover what the hell does it need us anymore? <laughs> you know, it could carry out its operational, you know, whatever the heck it wants to do without us more efficiently. And so I agree that right now it's fantastic, the capabilities and what it can do. And I, like you, I'm afraid of what it could turn into in the future if you're not careful.
0: Yeah. And that's, that's the thing that I think, um, I'm glad to see people like Wozniak and, and Musk and and even I think the creator of one of the one of the other creators of OpenAI uh, came out and said we need to slow this down a little bit because it yeah. is it is getting a little out of control, um, at least without putting proper guardrails in place. Um, yeah. but I still like I understand the idea of like let's let's make an Amazon warehouse as efficient as possible with the least amount of injuries and sick time and all this other stuff that happens. My concern, and this might be a a whole different conversation with, you know, maybe an economist or something, but my concern comes down to what happens if you do misplace 50,000 jobs, you know, at an Amazon warehouse, how how are these people going to be able to, you know, because again, if you're eliminating jobs at a warehouse, you can eliminate jobs at at McDonald's, you can eliminate the jobs at the Walmart, like all the different jobs that people can go to that are just like base entry level jobs. That's a scary thought. You know, and then the thing on top of it, I think really where AI has like the biggest advantage is like stuff like legal and like, you know, uh, mm-hmm. I, I've heard that somebody is actually is it you that has the, the AI um, publicity arm or or, no, somebody, or maybe no, somebody no, else right? messaging me saying, hey, we have we have AI managed PR for, for like talent and artists and corporations. I'm like, that's great. Like that's going to eliminate a lot of a lot of like busy work in the world. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just I'm I'm just concerned like at the end of the day like if you do eliminate these jobs, you know, are there going to be jobs for other people or is, are we going to turn into, you know, a utopian society where no one actually has to work and they just get get their their money delivered to them because these corporations are going to be so highly profitable that they can actually the government I have I'm actually come in and start taking money from them and being able to just distribute so that that's my kind of counter argument. Like, like yes, let's make it safe. Let's do as much as we can. Uh, yeah. but can we put a base, like put some guardrails in place to protect some of these jobs so that way we can still have a productive society. Um, but that's, again, I don't know if that's a conversation that we can have here on, on this particular podcast. Yeah. Well, I, I could address that
1: from what I know. Right. I mean, you ever see the movie hidden figures? I have not No. Okay. So it's a movie about these, you know, like African-American women, right. That were really instrumental in the Apollo launch, right. Like for us to go to the moon and, you know, beat the Russians, whatever, yeah. And what the movie, t- and one part of the movie I want to emphasize is this, is that in that movie is right when around the time, I don't know the year, I'm not going to quote it, but it was around the time when IBM computing was really becoming a thing in our country. Like NASA was getting these huge machines from IBM to crunch majority of like the physics and like the math that they had people doing. So once these machines came in, they would be replacing Human beings with work, and now they're out of work. Now, did they look for a way to give them other jobs? No, they didn't care, right? They're they're NASA. They're doing whatever they're doing. But one of the women that were there, she was smart enough that she saw the future. Like she saw what was happening, and what she realized is our jobs are going to be done because of these computers. But what if we learn? how to operate these machines? What if we learn how to utilize them, how to manage them, how to program them? So this woman, you she was one of the the main actresses. She started every night when everyone left, she went to this room and she taught her, she read the instruction manual. She learned how to use the IBM machine, right? Which is able to crunch numbers that a hundred people can do. It would do in like a second, you know? And eventually when the machine was operational and up and running, what NASA figured out is they had no idea how to run this damn machine. So they were like freaking out a little bit about it. You know, like all these white dudes trying to work it. They couldn't do it. So the woman comes in and she's like, hey, I know how to use this machine. Let me show you. And they didn't believe her, but she showed him. And they're like, wow, you really do. And so eventually they go to her and they're like, look, we need you to run this machine because we don't know how to use it. And she's like, look, I'm only going to do it if you allow me to bring all of my other women because she was a manager of like 50 other women doing math or whatever with me. So they eventually agreed that that was, that was okay. So that's how she saw what was coming and she got ahead of it right now. That's not AI. That's just computers in general. But one thing I am one thing I could see in the future already is that like a prompt engineer, that's someone who knows how to leverage AI to give a certain result and have a job right out of it. So for me, I think that people that are in those jobs, like you mentioned, like fast food, warehousing, I mean, just look at Amazon, man. Like, you know how many articles I read about people that are Amazon warehouse employees that are miserable, they get paid nothing at all, like no one cares, they get injured, like this is already happening, like this kind of stuff. So I can only imagine that when a better way comes out for them, Amazon, let's say, to do those jobs, and they they displace those people, I don't know if they're going to do anything at all it might just be like well good luck you know go find something and in, in my opinion people it's going to be on them to start learning how to leverage ai like this like how to become a prompt engineer how to you know have other skills and if they don't honestly i'm fearful that they're going to be out of luck there's going to be nothing else really available for them and let's be honest man corporations are about making money they're not about giving money away let's be honest here so if they're displacing jobs Honestly, I don't think they're even going to really care that much about people and giving them other opportunities or other jobs. It's like, hey, I now could replace you with a machine that's more better, makes more money to my bottom line. Like, that's what I'm doing. So thank you for your service. Like, good luck. And it's going to be on them to figure it out. I mean, that's because that's that's what's happened already in America. Let's be real here. So I don't think there's going to be like a retraining program for people. That get displaced jobs. It's just like, hey, your job is now obsolete. It's gone. Like, good luck, and it's going to yeah. be on them to figure it out. You know.
0: Yeah, and I'll, I'll just, you know, the counter argument to that uh, is, yeah. I, I believe it was Pizza Hut or Domino's uh, that is, in, is is working on self self driving delivery vehicles. And they've oh, yeah. committed. I think Domino's had
1: one already. I think,
0: right? Yeah. So I think Domino's is the one that's, that's doing it. Yeah. And in the the former CEO, when they put this in, had said, "We're committed to making sure that every driver is able to keep a job at our store." You know, so cool. whether that means we, we retrain them for something or we'll figure something that's out for great. them, I, I yeah. think that's what we need. I, like realistically, you know, I, I don't. I'm very skeptical on saying. Stuff like, oh, we, you know, we need the government to step in and, and do certain things, or we need corporations to step in and do certain things. Like, I'm very much like against that, but I'm like, it would be nice to hear, you know, certain 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 industries come up and say, hey, listen, to the best yeah. of our ability, we're going to try to keep as many people employed doing something, right. you know, something here. Uh, but obviously, it comes down it comes down to it. Like, like Apple wants to make as much money as humanly possible. Amazon wants to make as much money as humanly possible. Steve's you know pizza shop down the street wants to make as much money as possible and if they can eliminate their biggest expense which is which is human capital is payroll, yep. mm-hmm. I, I I don't I don't think they'll hesitate one bit on doing it the bigger companies might do it just a little bit for PR reasons but realistically speaking I think you're right I think that people are just gonna say hey you know what if you can't make yourself useful to us it's not our responsibility to teach you a new job you know yeah. and so that's That's, that's my fear. And that's, that's what what I'm afraid of when it comes to the advancement of, of AI. Um, I'm excited about what other things AI can bring, you know, like in the medical field, I think that's going to be huge. I think once AI is like fully approved for like operations and all that stuff, I think it's going to make the medical field so much better. Uh, and hopefully it will help, you know, with, with all the different broken sides of our medical system. Um, but I, I don't want to keep you too much longer, man. This is a great conversation. I think we should do a part two at some point, um, especially once as this technology starts to develop. But you know, yeah. for people who are interested in learning more about what you do, where can they find you? How can they get a hold of you?
1: Um, yeah. So, I mean, basically, I mean, I'm also I said I'm also like a high performance coach. So if you just go to my website, it's my full name, Alexander Macklin, M-A-C-K-L-I-N dot com. There's a link that says like contact me or something and I'll put you right on my calendar and we could chat about something if you want. So you could do that very easily. Um, also, on YouTube, I have a YouTube channel also for high-ticket coaching and training. Just search for Alexander Macklin I'm on there. And then lastly, Facebook, Alexander Macklin, business page, me in a suit like this. You can contact me there. Um, you know, I don't do ChatGPT like professionally full-time, but I'm very savvy on it. I've done courses on it. I've done a lot of research on it. So definitely a good person to talk about it with. And um, The biggest thing I could say is just, if you want to learn it really well, you want to learn what are the capabilities of it first. So it's like the context for using it. And two, you want to learn how to be a really savvy prompt engineer. And there's free courses on that. that will teach you like, you know, how to be specific. Like it'll show you how to do it and then use it to make money. You know, great. Get a head start now before everyone's using it, before everyone's on the same level playing field. Right now, if you're really talented at using it, you have a huge advantage over everyone else but like anything else in the world
0: everyone will catch up eventually so hop on and out absolutely alex i appreciate your time uh this has been the ruben J. show the uh incredible conversation man i have to have you back at some point (laughs) no worries